Sports Radio. A happy Saturday morning to you. A happy weekend to you. And thank you. Thank you for not only joining us on this weekend right here, Hick and Knight, Ryan Hickey, CBS Sports Radio, but you are joining us for a big one. The biggest so far in college football because boy, oh boy, we got a mega, mega weekend coming at you. So I hope the plans are all canceled. The calendar cleared from noon to midnight, Eastern at least, earlier if you're on the West Coast, obviously. And you are ready to go and ready to be locked in for what is going to be an insane day of college football. And that is where I want to start today's show. Because when you look at this massive weekend, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Colorado, Oregon, Penn State, Iowa, Ole Miss, Alabama, six ranked-on-ranked matchups this upcoming weekend, a great one. There is no team that needs a win this weekend more than Florida State. The Seminoles have the most pressure on them to win this weekend, not just because they're playing an unranked Clemson team, but it's because their road to the playoff is the most difficult of any team playing in a big game this weekend if they lose. You look at Florida State, they cannot afford a loss in what is a very weak ACC conference. I think right now, as we project ahead and look towards the four college football playoff teams, I think if they want to make it and make it comfortably, right now, if you're Florida State, you got to bank on the fact that you are going to be 13-0. Undefeated. I think when things start to get hairy, when you start to get sweaty a little bit, is if you're sitting there 12-1 as an ACC champ. 13-0 is the only way to guarantee you are in the college football playoff. And that means winning this weekend and beating Clemson. Look, for me at least, when it comes to college football playoff um, criteria, right, what it takes to truly separate yourself from one team over another and make the top four, for me, I value wins, and I think the committee does as well, value who you beat versus who you lose to. Right, we can always look at the loss and say, oh, it's a bad loss. Or if you lose to the number one team by three points on the road, oh, that's a pretty good loss. But it's one thing to have a good loss, quote unquote. For me, I want to know who do you beat? On your best day, who did you actually beat and who and where were your impressive wins? And right now, if you're Florida State, that's an area you have to start to be concerned with. Yes, when the season started, You smoke number five LSU. Very impressive, right? That so far is their biggest win, and that is, in this early season at least, one of the biggest wins to date in college football this season. But the issue is this. Now you're starting to see LSU slide, right? They go from five that game. Now they're sitting here at 12 entering this weekend. Still have some tough games against Ole Miss. Still have some tough games uh, against Alabama on the road this year. Auburn as well. I think it's a tricky spot, trickier than maybe other, you know, People are giving them credit for. The point is, LSU is still not out of the woods where the only loss on their season is going to be to Florida State. And so if they slip up, they lose another game or two, and now all of a sudden that number five preseason ranking, now they're sitting there in the mid-teens or even lower in the 20s, that win starts to lose its luster. And for the Seminoles, the issue is you don't have really a second resume booster. There's no one else right now on your schedule that can really impress the committee going forward. Right, You got three ranked teams left. 
You play at least currently as they're ranked right now. 18th ranked Duke, Miami at 20, and Florida State at 25. I think we can all common sense here say no shot in hell. Florida, by the time that game at the end of the year comes around, they'll be sitting there in the top 25. They'll be out. Miami hanging out for D-Life right now. Same with Duke. The You look at that schedule, there's not a lot of impressive wins left for Florida State going forward. So if you lose right now to Clemson, you're sitting there 12-1 and one at the end of the season, you're in some really stiff competition. You are not a lock. Even as an ACC Power 5 champ at 12-1, and one, you are not a lock for the college football playoff. Because you look around, the rest of college football, you look around at just this weekend. There are plenty of teams that can make equally, if not more impressive statements than you did against LSU opening night and moving forward. That is why the Seminoles desperately need to win here on Saturday. And why for me, even though it's an unranked Clemson team, that a lot of people have written off, that to me is why they are the team most desperate to win on Saturday. Look at right now some of these teams playing and, and what they could do to their resume. Ohio State. Ohio State is beginning the first of three teams they're playing in the top 10. Notre Dame is nine. Right now, Penn State seven. Michigan two. Ohio State has tremendous opportunities. Right now, to bolster their resume going forward. Notre Dame, same thing, right? You got Ohio State coming to town this week. A few weeks from now, USC coming to town as well. Uh, Oregon, they play uh, 19th-ranked Colorado. They have remaining of the nine games left, six, six against ranked opponents. So they not only have some big games going up here, they have quantity of ranked wins that they could get as well. And so, again, when you start to look now, and I don't think it's ever too early, by the way. We're talking about four teams. It's never too early to start looking ahead of here and seeing how the college football playoff landscape is going to shape out. This weekend, this weekend specifically, is going to go a long way in shaping our outlook and who is sitting at the end in December in the top four spots competing for a national title. And when you start to look at the four slots and how they get filled, if you're Florida State, I think you realize pretty quickly now If we lose, we're in trouble. Because look, I think one slot, no matter what, is going to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is by far the best conference in college football. It's not even close. Eight teams ranked in the top 25. USC, Washington, Oregon, all in the top 10. Utah right there knocking on the door as well. Just outside the top 10. Oregon State could have a chance to get a nice ranked win on the road this weekend as well. The Pac-12 is loaded. I don't care if we're talking about an 11-2 Pac-12 champion. The Pac-12 champ is getting in no matter what. Pac-12 has one slot. Big 10 has another slot. Three teams right now of the conference inside the top seven. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. All in the top seven. One of those three teams guaranteed locks to be in the college football playoff. There's two out of the four slots taken away right away. Third. Probably Georgia, right? Did not look great against South Carolina. 14-3. To their credit, they rallied and, again, squashed any hopes of a South Carolina upset. But, again, now looking ahead, I look at Auburn. Again, tricky spot here in a few weeks. Otherwise, there's not really a game on Georgia's schedule that you say, hmm, tough spot, tricky game, could be an upset here. Tennessee, no. Florida, no. There are not many opportunities, even if Georgia's not as great as they were the last two years, 
not many opportunities, not many teams still talented enough to beat Georgia with what they got this year. So I feel pretty confident saying Georgia's going undefeated. Okay, that's a third slot then in the college football playoff. Pac-12 champ, Big 12, uh, Big 10 champ, and now we're talking about um, Georgia. Three out of the four. And now all of a sudden you start looking around. If you're Florida State, you go, oh boy. Those walls are closing in tightly. And you know what? Even if, again, Florida State is sitting there at 12-1 and as an ACC champ. The fact is, the Pac-12 runner-up, the Big Ten runner-up, they're going to have a better resume as a non-champ than the Seminoles will as a champ. Like, you could go to Ohio State this weekend. Ohio State could lose to Notre Dame. They, they could, then they could go out and beat Penn State, beat Michigan, and move forward. Notre Dame, again, still has a great opportunity here with USC coming to town. Play Clemson team as well, where if Clemson does win and beat Florida State over the weekend, now all of a sudden they're back in the mix, and that could be an impressive win for the Irish now going forward. Every other team this weekend playing in the big games, right, the big matchups we're talking about here, Every other team has margin for error. Penn State this weekend can lose to Iowa in the whiteout. Dree, as a Penn State fan, depressing. But the reality is, they can lose to Iowa, but then rally to beat Ohio State and Michigan, win the Big Ten, and make the college roll playoff. A loss on Saturday does not end their season. Ohio State can lose to Notre Dame, win out, they're in. No problem. Ole Miss can make a run. If they lose, even though, they lose to Alabama, went out going forward here, still can make a run to the SEC title game. Colorado, Oregon can lose this weekend. And with their schedule and how many ranked teams are still ahead of them in the Pac-12, can still make a run to the college football playoff. If you're Florida State and you lose this weekend, you could still get in. But your issue is you are going to need help. The other teams playing this weekend do not need help to make the college football playoff for the most part if they lose. Florida State does. And that's where, for me, you look around, they don't really have a margin for error. Really impressive win over LSU. But now going forward, you see LSU now slip. If they don't turn around and become a, a world beater, there's not a lot of or really any opportunities left for an impressive win on Florida State's resume. So even though if you beat Clemson going to Death Valley, it's not a resume stamping win, right? It's not one of those wins that says, oh, without a doubt, Florida State has arrived. At the end of the season, we're not going to be talking about, oh, they went into Death Valley and they beat Clemson. That was the game that turned their season around or that was the game that showed the entire nation they are legit. Well, it's not going to be a, a, a stamp game, if you will, in terms of sending a message to the nation and announcing they are one of the best college football playoff teams in the country. A loss will derail any goodwill they had in week number one against LSU and make it an uphill climb, a steep uphill climb to make and be one of the four teams in the college football playoff at the end of the season. That's why, Freeman, you look around, there's no margin of error for, for, uh, for Florida State this weekend. You lose, you're in danger, real danger, of being left out of top four. Every other team, 
Oregon, Colorado, Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Ole Miss, they have a margin for error. They can lose and still have their entire season in front of them. The same can't be said about Florida State. Which is why when you look at this weekend, when you look at the slate, the massive slate we got here going forward, there is no team that needs a win more desperately than Florida State. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. And Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. There is a lot, a lot of great games here on the slate. I am so excited. This is one of those Saturdays where I don't get a lot of sleep anyway on Saturdays. I was up at 9.30 a.m. this morning. Um, I'm not going to go to bed until probably 7 a.m., so almost 24 hours straight up. But let me tell you, I might not even need an alarm. Probably set around 11.30 Eastern, get up, get a little coffee. So I get a little, you know, I can wake up a little bit by the time Florida State Clemson does kick off. But this is one of those where I'm not going to need, I think, a lot of a lot of coffee. The juices will be flowing. The energy is already there. I may not sleep tonight, to be honest. I may not. That's how excited I am for right now what is easily the biggest weekend in college football so far to date this weekend. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Florida State Clemson. Utah UCLA. Ole Miss Alabama. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oregon State, Washington State, Iowa, Penn State. Hell, if you want to go late, late, USC, Arizona State. What team this weekend in the biggest college football weekend of the season? Which team needs a win the most? Who is the most desperate to get a W on Saturday? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. When we return, two upsets are going down. Tell you which two teams are going down and upsets are being pulled when we do return. It's Hick at Night with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. You want to use that number? Use it to call about some of your predictions for this weekend. It is a big one. A big one in college football. Six ranked on ranked matchups here. A lot to dive into. We started the show by talking about who needs to win the most. All these great games. All throughout the uh, the day on Saturday. I don't think, to me, a team needs a win more than Florida State. Even, even though I think Florida State's the most desperate team for a win, I don't think they're winning. I think Clemson is pulling off the upset. They are taking down the Seminoles. Here's why Clemson is winning, in my opinion. I think their strategy is going to really muck it up. Run the ball. Drain the clock. Right now, ride their best offensive player, which is Will Shipley, and make this a shorter game. Florida State is an explosive offense, right? Jordan Travis has been tremendous. They got tons of receivers, good running game. Like, Florida State has a lot of weapons that could hurt you and do a lot of damage. Ask LSU, and for the most part, at least for maybe three quarters, ask Boston College. But there's an area where that can be exploited, I think will be exploited by the Tigers, and that's this. Running the damn ball. 
Look at Clemson so far this year. 216 rushing yards per game. 16th in the country. Pretty good. Right out of 131, I think there are. Division one teams. 16th out of 131. I'll say pretty, pretty good. On the flip side, Florida State. 65th in rushing defense. Middle of the pack. So really good run running team, rushing offense, taking on a middle-of-the-pack rushing defense. That, to me, is going to play in the hands of the Tigers. And that, to me, again, is going to lead to ground control, controlling the pace of the game, and playing the game on your schedule, on your terms. And look, the more time the Florida State offense, uh, defense, excuse me, is on the field, worse results that happen. And you look at, go back to week number one against LSU. The final score is not indicative of what I'm about to say. But for most of the game, LSU went up and down the field. Now, once they got to the red zone, that's where things just completely derailed. And once they got into third and short, fourth and short, they just went backwards for whatever reason. But they had no problem, especially between the 20s, moving the ball up and down the field with ease. Last week, you had Boston College. Throw for 305 yards. And despite the fact they committed 18 penalties, 18, still within two points and had a legit chance to win the game. This is a very sneaky matchup here that favors the Tigers. They've won, or I should say lost, one home game the last seven years. Been a really good home team. And one thing I don't like, I'm not a Dabo Sweeney fan. Not a Dabo Sweeney believer, defender in any means or any stretch. But I, for me, I do not like the fact that he is getting written off and basically left for dead. I'm not a Dabo fan. And I think, again, at some different parts, I think the game is starting to pass him by and his stubbornness is starting to hurt Clemson going forward in terms of winning another national title. But let's also be real here. This guy's not dying that easily. He's not losing to Duke week one, coming back, getting smoked by Florida State at home, and the Clemson dynasty as we know it is gone in a flash. He's not dying. He's not going away that fast. No way. I think he rises back up and sends a reminder to the rest of college football. He is still alive and well. Overlooking Clemson, I think, is a bad, bad, bad idea. And I feel like it's happening from the most part of college football fans around the country. I don't think that's a good thing. So, I think Clemson's defense is really good. They're going to do a good job of limiting Florida State's explosive offense. They're going to run the ball. Will Shipley, Will Shipley, Will Shipley down Florida State's throat. Make this more of a slog. Grind, you know, grind it down. And I think they do win, do pull the upset. The other upset that's going down is only to me an upset in Vegas. That's Ole Miss taking on Alabama. Alabama's at home uh, at home is a six and a half point favorite. I don't know why. I think Vegas got this totally twisted. I think Vegas is totally wrong here. Why do the bookies, the books, why do they think Alabama can keep up with Ole Miss's offense? And why do they think they can slow down Ole Miss's offense? What have we seen with this team this year that leads you to believe that? I go into this game looking and feeling a lot like I did two weeks ago when Texas came to town. 
where Texas had the quarterback advantage, just like Ole Miss does. Offensive line advantage, just like Ole Miss does. Better run game, better pass game. What am I missing here? What am I missing where Vegas is looking at this game saying, oh yeah, Alabama's a touchdown better than right now the Rebels? I don't see it. Even though they're going back to Jalen Milrow, and even though he is there by far, as we saw last weekend, by far their best option at quarterback, this is still a guy that's inconsistent at best. It's still a guy who's a better runner than he's a thrower. And you look at all the ways Ole Miss can hurt you in the air, on the ground. This is going to be a game where, again, I don't see this turns into a track meet, how that's going to favor the Tide. And even if it's not, if it's more lower scoring, I just don't see defensively, can I trust Alabama right now to get a few stops? No. Can I trust them offensively to make a few plays? No. So Ole Miss is going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. And again, for me, I'm putting it here as an upset, but only as an upset in the eyes of Vegas. I guess technically in the eyes of the rankings because Bama's 13 and Ole Miss is 15. So those two spots, again, not a drastic difference, but I really don't think this is an upset. But in the technicality, it is. So two upsets on this massive weekend. Ole Miss taking down Alabama. Clemson taking down Florida State. I think Ohio State beats Notre Dame. I think Oregon beats and covers the spread against Colorado. Penn State takes care of Iowa. Oregon State beats Washington State. Utah, even with Cam Rising's status up in the air and how much he's going to play on Saturday, I think they do beat UCLA. Two upsets. Florida State going down. Alabama going down. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Which team is in most need of a win this weekend? And who is going down? Call your shot right now before the games kick off. Who or which, I should say, upset are we going to be watching on our TV screens on Saturday? Matt is calling from Jacksonville. What's up, Matt? What up, man? How you doing, Hickey? We are chilling, man. Hopefully you're doing the same. I'm chilling like a fool, man. Ha! I like that. Let's go. Let's go. But let's let's just say, you know, I'm a Florida State fan first and foremost. Okay. I don't understand this notion that you're uh, talking about Pac-12 jumping Florida State. They're the fourth-ranked team in the country. Third, right? Like, what, what Pac-12 team is really going to jump them? Who could beat them? They got an NFL-style defense. They're badass. They're not going to even lose to Clemson. Crazy you say that. Like, we're not You're that co- What are we saying, Maddie? What's the score for today? How, we, how confident are we feeling? I'm feeling really good, bro. I'm talking 31-14-46. Wow. We like a, like we're a in funeral. Death Valley. Yeah, we're, you need Adderall, bro. We're in Death Valley <laughs> at noon. They are weak. We're not there at night. We own them. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean you own them? They own you. They've won seven in a row over seven Florida row. State. Okay. Well, it's 2023. Oh. You, you, you live in the yeah. past. What? Dabo's done. Dabo's <laughs> done just like Saban's done. You can't it's yell at me for saying time. I'm living in the past and I got to live in 2023 and you just said yeah. you own Clemson and you haven't won there since, what was it, 2013? And, and Clemson's beat you seven straight times. Can't have it both okay. ways. So, so what do we see? Another Clemson victory? 
Like, I think so. I, you're wrong. I mean, it's crazy. If I'm like, if I'm right though, Matt. If I am right, and let's just say Florida right. State loses and they win out and they're twelve and one. This is my point about them being in trouble and needing help. You talk about the Pac-12, who's beating them? You look at USC right now, who's right behind there at number five. They play Colorado next week, right now a ranked opponent. You have Notre Dame on the road right now, right now, a top 10 opponent. Utah coming to town a week after that, right now they are a top 11 opponent. You got Washington coming to town, a top 10 opponent. My point is, right, Oregon, they play as well. USC has at least one, two, three, four teams they're playing in the top 11 on their schedule. They, and that's just one team. Their resume is going to be stronger than Florida State's by just the sheer amount of ranked teams they are playing. Same thing with the Big Ten. So my point is, if you are Matt, is the LSU one was very impressive. The problem is, though, with the ACC around you and not many teams being in the top even 15, there's not a lot of resume-boosting wins left on your schedule, which what, is why I think it's do? imperative for a Florida State to go undefeated. I think if we're talking about a 12-1 and team... Now that's when things get shaky. Everyone says this. Like, we play ACC. Like, we're going to beat Clemson. We beat LSU. Like, first game of the season. Oh, LSU going to win everything. National title. Florida State goes and they dominate and they win. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what what do we need more? Oh, we need to play Oregon? Like, come on, man. Well, that's – but this is how – this is how – again, college football works, especially in week number one – how many times do we see teams hyped in the offseason, coming in, quote-unquote, strong, lay an egg, and all of a sudden, next you know, they're an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team. It was a, This is not trying to take away their impressive win over LSU. It was very impressive. But Florida State, again, it realistically needs help. If, if they lose on Saturday, that is what I'm talking about because this year specifically, with how strong the, uh, the Pac-12 is, with right now how elite at the top the Big Ten is, Georgia, if they run the table, we are talking about, again, with eight teams ranked in the top 25 in the Pac-12, you could easily, and three teams ranked in the top seven right now in the Big Ten, you could easily make an argument for an 11-1 Ohio State team over a 12-1 right now uh, Florida State ACC champ. You could easily make an argument for an 11-1 Washington over a 12-1 and Florida State. Which is why if you're the Seminoles, leave nothing to chance. 13-0 is the only way you're getting... Oh, I think the... Sure, I should, uh, let me revise that. 13-0 is by far the easiest way for you to get in. Leave no doubts. Tony's calling from California. What's up, Tony? Y'all know what that last caller was talking about. If Florida State loses tomorrow, there's no way they're getting in that top four in that playoff. No way. So they definitely have to win tomorrow to get into that to get into that playoff uh, into that scenario. I wouldn't say no way, Tony, but they need help, and they need whether it's Georgia losing, whether it's the Pac-12 having two or you know two or three losses each. Like they need a lot of help, which we've seen chaos yeah. happen before. But again, a lot of the other teams behind them control their own destiny. Florida State with their schedule just frankly doesn't anymore. Yeah, but I think, honestly, I think the biggest game tomorrow, and I think which everybody's going to watch, is that Colorado-Oregon game. And I'm calling it now. I'm saying upset city. Colorado is going to go in 
to really? Oregon and upset Oregon. Mark it down right now, Hick. Or Colorado is going into Oregon Let me find and they're opinion. winning that game. What, what, what score are we talking here? I'm, I'm calling it right now. I'm saying 48 41, oh. Colorado upset. I've written it down, Tony. 48 41, Colorado upset. You thought the fanfare and appreciate the call, buddy, was, was big now with Dion. If Tony is right, which I don't see really, honestly, a way that happens, I think right now, especially with no Travis Hunter. And you look at right now, Colorado with the worst rushing offense, um, not only in the Pac-12, but one of the worst rushing offenses in all the country. And they are horrendous on uh, trying to stop the run as well. And that's something Oregon does really well. But anyway, let's just put those facts aside for a second. If Tony's right, and we see a Colorado win over Oregon, not only is the buzz going to be out of control, you look at who's coming to town next weekend, USC, going to be a 10 a.m. local kick. I, I don't think anyone bolted to sleep in that entire week. That is going to be, I mean, one of the biggest games in history of Colorado football. And this is a team that has won a national title before. One of the biggest games in history. I just, for me, don't see a way how this, that does happen. I think reality is coming and punching Colorado in the face this weekend. Oregon's more physical than any opponent they have played so far. Oregon, again, runs the ball really well. And that's something Colorado can't do offensively or stop defensively. And you saw even last week. Colorado State gave you the blueprint, by the way, of how to slow down this Buffs offense. Rush four, drop seven. This offensive line for the Buffaloes is not very good. Shador Sanders is the most hit quarterback so far through three weeks of college football. Pass protection has been an issue. Receivers getting open, especially when Travis Hunter's out of the lineup last week was an issue when you can drop so many defenders. And with Oregon and how big and physical and strong the defensive line is, I think they'll be able to get plenty of pressure rushing for. And if that's the case, and you're dropping seven, you're sitting there in coverage and, and asking Shador to pick apart your defense every single play when the, when the defense has the numbers and the advantage. We saw, against, again, I guess a less talented team in Colorado State work wonders for 58 minutes of the game. I don't think it's going to go just as well for Colorado this week as it did last week when you needed double overtime and, frankly, got lucky against a bad Colorado State team. Don't think you're going to get the same luck or result going to Eugene this week and taking on a team that's by far the most talented team you've played to date. So 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Who needs a win this weekend the most? It is a massive Massive weekend in college football. Which team is most desperate to get a dub on Saturday? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll get your thoughts and also when we return. Justin Fields, right, said some explosive comments this week, throwing his coaches under the bus. One thing, though, he said that for me basically solidifies he'll never be a franchise quarterback. Have you hear that when we do return? It's Ryan Hickey uh, with you here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night. Give Ryan your take at 855-212-4CBS. 15 minutes from now, week three edition of Hickey's Pickies. If you want to be involved and want to be a contestant, 855-212-4227. We'll take the first call right now, 855-212-4227. 
for Hickey's Pickies at the top of the hour, 15 minutes from now. And let me tell you, it is a good time to be a participant, be a contestant, hop on the show, because I am coming off what was a disastrous one and four week last week. Started off good, three and two. Back to reality in week number two here, one and four. And well, hopefully here to turn it around. But let me tell you, boy, oh boy, kind of look like more of the same from last season. That was a disaster. So Hickey's Pickies, 14 minutes from now, 855-212-4227. First caller will be on to uh, do our week three picks here. We'll circle back to college football in one second. But I do want to make one point about Justin Fields, right? He set the world on fire Wednesday with his comments throwing the coaches under the bus and basically blaming them for why he's playing so bad. But this is my biggest takeaway from Justin Fields' comments on Wednesday. He basically uh, implicated himself and admitted he'll never be a franchise quarterback. I want to play you one thing here. Take a listen to Justin Fields explain part of the reason why he's been struggling, especially this year, as a quarterback. When, you know, you're fed a lot of information um, at a point in time and you're trying to think about that info like when you're playing it's like it doesn't let you play like yourself you're trying to you know process so much information to where it's like you know if I just simplified in my mind I would have did this like I saw a few plays on Sunday to where if I was playing like my old self like we would have had a positive play like there would have been you know a few more third down conversions so um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just you know uh, playing the game how I know how to play it, how I've been playing it my whole life. Basically, information overload, right? Is what he said. He's got a lot of information, can't process it. I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong here. Isn't that like one of the biggest things about playing quarterback? Is absorbing all this information that's thrown at you and being able then to use it in a good way on Sunday? Like, that's what all the film studies for. Isn't that what all the game planning is for? Because defenses try to trick you. And so every trick, you're supposed to have an answer for what the defense does. They're in cover three. This is what we're going to do. They're in man-to-man. This is what we're going to do. If they blitz, here's the hot route here. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot of processing. But isn't that one of the biggest jobs, biggest responsibilities of being a quarterback is being able to be decisive, absorb that information, know what to do with it, and make a quick decision in the space you know, span of a second, second and a half? Yeah, like, those are rhetorical questions. That is one of the biggest keys and reasons and separators for, um, from a good, from a great quarterback to a good quarterback, good quarterback to a bad quarterback. And so, if Justin Fields is telling you he can't process the information he's being given, I don't know how he's going to have success in this league. You can't be a good winning quarterback in the NFL based on athletic ability alone. We've seen plenty of good athletic quarterbacks try to win on their ability alone and have it fail. You're never going to win consistently if you're just playing basically schoolyard football. If you're just letting it rip, as Justin Fields said on Wednesday, he's going to say F it and play on instincts. A large part of playing quarterback, right, is diagnosing what the defense does and having answers for it. And that's part of the reason why Brock Purdy is so successful. We can point to the great players around him, but he knows what defenses are doing. 
and he makes the right decision almost every time it feels like. For Fields, we can, yes, blame bad coaching, which is absolutely part of the problem. Bad blame, uh, blame bad offensive line play, absolutely part of the problem. Outside of DJ Moore, he's no other receiver that's reliable and or good. Part of the problem. I'm not saying he's the only one to blame here, Justin Fields, that is. But also, how about we take some accountability and realize this information you're complaining about, the too much info that you think is hurting your play, is hurting your career. If you can't process information now, I don't see how you're ever going to be a successful franchise quarterback because that's a large part of the job. Yes, athletic ability, running with the ball, great accuracy, arm strength, all part of it. But if you don't know how to read a defense, if you can't make decisive decisions, which he's not done, by the way, you don't know where to go with the football, I don't care how strong your arm is, how fast you are, you are not winning games consistently. That, to me, is Justin Fields admitting in that clip you just heard, unless things change, he'll never be a franchise quarterback. And that is a huge, huge problem for the Bears, but also a huge problem for him that cannot be blamed on coaching. All right. Back to college football, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. Which team needs the biggest win this weekend? Ken is calling from Michigan. What's up, Ken? Hey, Ryan. How are we doing today, buddy? Good, man. Good. What's on your mind? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to call and chop it up to you a little about, about your Penn State and Nittany Lions. Uh, this is uh, Franklin's best team he's had since he's been there, right? Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Talent everywhere. Yes. Yeah, it should be a, a tremendous battle this year with us. Ohio, I mean, we got three juggernauts at the top of the Big Ten East that uh, – on a given day, any one of them could beat the other. And I just, I think there's so much parity this year, Ryan. Uh, Georgia's not the dominant team they have been in the last few years. Uh, I think there's about six or seven very good teams right now that are going to uh, figure out when they shuffle the cards where they're going to be when it's done. But uh, Georgia can, can get beat by an, an Oregon, a Michigan, an Ohio State, a Texas. So, Everybody, everybody is uh, prone to be beat this year. And I, I, I find that exciting. So. Ken, I'm 100% with you, and we'll get to it a little bit later on in the show, but I think right now we'll, we'll discuss it. I think each team in the top 10, appreciate the call, Ken, each team in the top 10 legitimately right now going into week number four in college football can make a claim and an argument they can win a national title this year. And I don't remember a time in recent memory where that's been the case. It's awesome. I love it for college football. I'm so glad we're getting the parity and also the great play as well. This is going to be a tremendous, tremendous season of college football. Roy is in Alabama. What's up, Roy? Ken, I want to tell you one thing first. Do your sponsors realize how much money they need to give you for all, giving your listeners all the insight that you give them? Roy, you want to be my agent? I don't have one right now, but you sound like you could, you could do the job for me here. You're hired. Ken, you know what one of the greatest postulates in all of football is? What's you that? Can't, you can't block, you can't win. That's right. And you're going to find out two, two, things, two games this weekend. You're going to find out half, half, of what, half the SEC is going to be about this weekend. Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M. You think Alabama's Alabama. winning this weekend? You're saying they can't block because their offense line's been bad, and that's going to lead to their demise. All they are is big. 
Bama, Alvin yes. Kamara is big. I, Roy, I got a running up against the, the uh, top of the hour here, or the end of the hour, I should say. Excuse me. But that's a large part of the reason why I did not have Alabama my college football playoff picks when the season started. Large part of the reason I said they were not going to finish the top, top 15. Pick Texas, even though I broke a personal rule of not picking Texas until they actually accomplish something and now picking all Miss. It's because one of the reasons you just laid out, quarterback gets a lot of attention, skilled players get a lot of attention. The offensive line for Alabama is, again, the, the weakest or maybe the least sound they've had in a long time. It's a problem and leading to their demise this season. All right, when we return, Hickey's Pickies. You want to be a contestant right now, 855-212-4227. Four college games, one NFL game. We'll do it next. It's Hick at Night on CBS Sports Radio.